Welcome to On the Edge with April Mahoney Brains. Here, this is the spot. Where the conversation is pointed, the guests are sharp, and the responses are never dull. Welcome home, Brains. There's only one requirement to hang out on the edge, is that you open your big brain and close your small mind. Did you bring your thinking caps? It's time to put them on, because the conversation starts Welcome to On the Edge with April Mahoney Brains. How are you today? We're in Texas. Oh, yes. With Lisa Benson. This is the place right here where the conversation is pointed and the guests are sharp and the responses are never dull. I love veterans. Mr. Magnificent was a veteran, but a woman veteran has a special place in my heart. And Lisa, she was a machine gunner, a gunner, a machine gunner. She was in combat brains. I'm going to talk to her about that and then some and how she can still keep a level head because I know that she's seen and felt a lot. Being women, we're automatically empathetic to other individuals. So what did that feel like in that space? And I don't care what you say, the military is still very male dominated. So what does that look like? She got out of the service. She's been able to uh, pivot her skills and now she is marketing and promoting Uh, and working with individuals that are trying to start their business that were in the military. What does life look like after so many people struggle? But in between all of that, she was (laughs) a roller derby queen. If you look on my Facebook page, you're going to see a picture with her helmet. I want to ask her what that's like, because if anybody that knows back in the day, the LA Thunderbirds were the world champions. So uh, we got a lot to talk about. Let's welcome her to the show. How are you, Lisa Benson? I am doing well. How are you today? I'm at the top of my game. I can't complain about nothing today. Nothing. That's the best way to be is not complain about anything. Just working through that day. Exactly. So let's dial back. Tell my, my brains how you show up on the planet and uh, how, you know, how you made it to where you are today. Well, I've got a very... Fun story to tell. I, I consider it fun. I spent a lot of time, a lot of time in my life trying to figure out what I am and who I am and how I want to be and how I want to show up for the world. I started college and couldn't afford it. So I joined the military so that I could afford it. My parents divorced my senior year of high school and it kind of left me not knowing what to do. So I got my associates and realized I couldn't afford my bachelor's and joined the army to help pay for it, not knowing that 9-11 was going to happen. And that led to, uh, fast forward to me deploying in 2004, and I spent a year overseas as a, a machine gunner. I was a Mark 19, a 50 cal gunner, and I opted to do that because we all know 18-year-old young men are a little um, hot-headed or lazy, depending on the day. And depending on the moment, and I felt that the the security of our convoy shouldn't have been left up to them. I was going to take care of that. Um, so, go ahead. No, no, no. I, I was just kind of thinking about that because brains, you know, your kids or you have entered into the military, and let me tell you, unless you were drafted or it is an actual war going on, you have no idea that you are going to be called to service. When you realized that 9-11 was happening and you were going to have to go over there and defend our country 
and use a weapon on sometimes, a lot of times, innocent people that didn't blow up the World Trade Center. Mm -hmm. How did that resonate in your soul? I, it definitely weighed heavy, weighed very heavy. Um, my, what I did when I always took out the engine block, I did not take out people. That was my, I, there was something about my inner being that I didn't know if that person was, um, innocent or guilty and it wasn't my job to judge, but if I prevented them from moving forward, my convoy was secure. Right. And by eliminating their vehicle, by stopping the engine, I, the radiator's right there in front. So it's pretty easy to stop their vehicles. And their vehicles are like our old school vehicles. They don't have nice new ones. They've got, you know, 1982 Nissan Datsun. And I know that that's hard because uh, there's individuals that are protecting their country and their husbands and their liberty. And there's a lot of suicide bombers over there. So you don't know who's friend and who's foe. You really don't. Exactly. Exactly. And if at least I could shut down their vehicle, then they couldn't get close enough to ours to impact was the hope, was to impact the, our, our convoy and our mission. Take, so from that experience... Did men take you seriously as a, a machine gunner? Um, the hardest time I actually have is when I come back here and I do therapy and things here that I'm not recognized because I'm also a military spouse. So... I went to the spouse therapy and they told me that I had too much that was going on that was related to my combat. And I went to combat and then the guys told me that, oh no, you were just a nurse or you were just an administrative. It was like, no, no, I wasn't. I did everything you did and more. I'm going to let you, I'm going to dial back to that, but finish telling us a little bit about your transition. Cause I want to, I want to talk to you about how women are treated uh, when they come back and they have post-traumatic stress disorder. So I'm sorry, go ahead and continue. Oh, that is absolutely fine. I love the, where this is going. So I spent a lot of time trying to figure out who I was when I got out. And I got my master's in public administration because I was going to help the veterans because I saw the whole and what was happening at the government level. And I wanted to be able to influence there. And when I realized that that wasn't a place that you could actually institute change, I just started doing marketing. And I started marketing for the nonprofit, which is the roller derby league that I was part of, which we'll get into in a little bit. Um, and from there, I realized that I, I wanted to help. I, I found a way that I could help veterans. Mm. And the way to help the veterans is actually helping them get their businesses going and getting them marketing their businesses so that they thrive, not just survive post-service. Because we know the number is 22 a day, and that number can vary depending on the day that commit suicide because their wow. name and their identity and everything is all wrapped up in their rank and in their service. And there's there, you just feel vacant when you leave because you don't know who you are. And, you know, after wartime, it's a little bit different if you've been in there 20 years. They kind of give you a, you know, an exit. They they give you taps. You know, you kind of go through this, but that's really not enough. Um, yeah. And you know what I found too that people that leave the military, they are afraid to really go after the help that they need for post traumatic stress disorder because they're going for GS jobs. They don't want that on their record. They're afraid that they're not going to be able to 
maximize what they had in the military and translate that into dollars into civilian world. So they, they, mm-hmm. they dial back. They don't get the help that they need. Then they start self-medicating. You know, a little pill here for the pain. You know, bottle of Jack Daniels right here. Drink that down with your bottle of whatever. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the liquid courage. Uh, then the abuse mm-hmm. to the spouse. Then the abuse to the kids. Then mm-hmm. all of that coming together and having flashbacks. You know, unfortunately, in my... Um, my brother-in-law was in the Vietnam War and he was a tunnel rat. And he had to go down in those tunnels and kill them That's all. That's scary. And he mm-hmm. is, he's in a facility right now. To this day, he still calls out names, places, sweats, has the fear that is ingrained in him for the rest of his life. Mm-hmm. Let's talk a little bit about the women veterans. I've had several of them as guests on my show. Some of them have been sexually assaulted, downright raped. Uh, Mm -hmm. They're a liar. You're still a soldier. You're going up against your command. You're not getting the support. You were a mother. You had to leave your child or you you get pregnant while you're over there. Uh, Now Mm -hmm. we got some joker (laughs) in the Congress that wants to hold up everybody's promotion because he doesn't feel that it's appropriate for a woman to have a right to choose and the benefits of the United States military pays for it. Well, that's a whole nother show. So that you know, they, show. <laughs> they treat the women, not all the time, because I know some women that are bosses. I mean, captains of ships and all that. Mm-hmm. But they treat them differently. And so when they come back, the services that they need are different. There's a struggle there. There's a contradiction there. What are you finding, Lisa? It's been a it's been a long, hard road. One, they flipped my husband's social security number and mine. So when I first tried to apply for all of my benefits, they told me that I didn't qualify because I was still serving. So we had a whole bunch of rigmarole and I'm, I was um, assaulted while I was in. And that is one of the things that I don't tell everybody about, but I do think that it's something that's part of my story and it's a bigger, it's a bigger deal that needs to be talked about and getting the help for that is very difficult. Getting one, like I said earlier, being recognized for what you did in combat is very difficult. This is no longer where the men go out and the women stay back on on the FOBs, which is a forward operating base. Everybody is going out and everybody's being a part of the mission. So the old school veterans need to understand that there's a new school way. Yeah, there's a new school way. And I think that women really need to stand together like mm-hmm. we do with the Me Too movement, like we're doing with these celebrities. Uh, yep. We need to stand up and speak out. We need to get rid of some of these old fuddy-duddies in the Congress that mm-hmm. don't have a uterus, that don't know anything about what a woman goes through. Uh, and get some new, young, progressive, forward-thinking individuals in those spaces. I will 100% agree. You do all of this, and you were, you know, you were smart enough to get a master's degree and forge out, create a niche for yourself in marketing. What types of jobs, or not, not jobs, what type of entrepreneurial things are military people really kind of drawn to? Are you seeing a pattern? I know I had a one guy that was on my show, uh, and he, he does a, a hauling company, a, 
calls junk and, and all that kind of stuff. But he's amazing. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's a part of a much larger team with the uh, Marine Corps. There's a lot of support there. But what kind of businesses do they start? There's So what I've encountered as of late is there's a lot of coaches. A lot of people come out of the military and they had been a coach essentially based on rank and position in, while they were in. So they they gravitate towards coaching. Some The last five clients that I've ha- had come in are actually project managers, They but they want to get into consulting. So they went from that strict regimented part of the military and they want right. a little bit of the freedom to do what they want to do. Right, the right. first few clients I had were actually in hauling um, one lady opened her own trucking company. Mm-hmm. So they're across the gamut, but the biggest thing is that they're leaning into what their strengths were while they were in. Right. And coaching, in my opinion, the word is oversaturated. Okay. Mm-hmm. You can be a disgruntled employee in HR and then you leave and all of a sudden you are the subject matter expert. There has to be some, some, uh, tempering because mm-hmm. the civilian world is not the military world. Um, it's a softer, gentler military than it was mm-hmm. when my husband was first in. It's a whole lot of things have changed. The way that you speak to people, the way that you discipline individuals, the way that you call them out, the way that you give them assignments to do certain things. Uh, my husband said he had to get out when women got on the ship. He said it was just very difficult living in that kind of situation, he says, and you can be compromised. Mm -hmm. Whether whether you want to, don't want to, whatever the situation is, we're all human beings. So he said it was time to get out. And I agreed. (laughs) But when you get out, you know, your benefits. I want to give a plug to DAV. DAV. Contact DAV. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of companies and individuals that will help you get your back pay, back benefits, get your um, your discharge papers and disability reevaluated. They want a piece of it. I don't have a problem with that. They're doing the work. They deserve it. But DAV is amazing. They will go back. They will help you reassess. They will send you to the appropriate doctors. They are mm-hmm. quick. Uh, now, after all that big kerfuffle that happened with the VA a few years ago, they're on their they're on their their job. So go in and get the benefits. You still have your uh, what is that? Your your VA benefits that you can go to college. Your spouse mm-hmm. can go to college. Your kids can go to college. Take advantage of that. But what I want you to take more than anything is a self evaluation of you. Know, just gauge yourself. What is your pulse? What is your mm-hmm. desires? What is something that you've always wanted to do? Uh, where is there somewhere you've always wanted to go? Have those conversations. Get the help that you need to get through this because the struggle is real. Am I right, Lisa? Absolutely. I want to add to that. While you're talking to the DAV, ask them about the PAC Act. If you served in Operation Iraqi Freedom or any of, if you've been overseas, go get all that stuff taken care of. The government is documenting. It's about research. It's about getting you help, but it also protects your family if anything is to happen to you because of the repercussions. Mm, mm, mm. And there's repercussions. You know, Mm -hmm. we get a whole lot of money to foreign countries to fight their wars when we have veterans that are living here, you know, unhoused, unsheltered on the street. All right, we're all fat. 
So you took all this aggression, all this trauma, and you put you on a hat and some roller skates. Tell us about your roller derby. So I started skating when I was in diapers. Um, I grew up in Buffalo, New York, and skated at Rainbow Rink from the time I was two till I was till I joined the army. And when I joined the army, obviously you've heard a little, you heard that story. When I came back, I had some anger and aggression issues and my father told me why don't you try out for roller derby and that was how I kind of got started and I there's a the birth of flat track roller derby happened right here in Austin Texas which is 35 minutes 45 minutes from me and I went and tried out and I joined the recreational league at first and realized that this was what I needed and I went from that to becoming um an actual league skater, took over all their training for a few years, was a operations officer for the business, but I had, was on the travel team, which is an all-star travel team. I skated around the world. I went to South Africa. I've been to Mexico. I've been to England, got to skate in all those countries. I coached in all of those countries, and I got the opportunity to actually coach Team South Africa in the world cup for both the one that they had here in Dallas and the one they had in Manchester. Wow. It was the most amazing experience. Cause I got, I was part of their first wins. They won it. I just helped them get there. And I, I, it was so fantastic. And when you think about how you can put things aside and just be with people, roller derby affords that roller derby is a very welcoming place. It can, it lights your heart up. It can be the bane of your existence too. So don't, there's the negatives that come along with the positives. Right, right, right. The bumps and the bruises and all that. Cause it's not yes. for chumps. <laughs> it's not for nope. chumps. You gotta no, be tough. Not. You gotta be mm. tough to, to do it. Um, But what I see is just like your dad, a very uh, smooth transition because you had leadership skills. You had coaching mm -hmm. ability. You were tough. You were resilient. You were mm -hmm. strong. You wanted to promote. You wanted to market. You wanted to be among people. So I think that it was a perfect marriage. That's beautiful. Thank you so it much, was, that, Lisa. It was the best thing that I could do because I wasn't getting the help I needed. And it was a great way for me to get those emotions out in a way that was sanctioned and healthy. Good. So let's ask you some fun questions. Okay. As if I haven't gotten all up in your business enough. <laughs> <laughs> you are the mama of two fur babies. Tell me about your dogs. Well, I have Miss Shelby Louise. She is a uh, rescue that we got out of San Antonio, Texas. She was foster, a foster, brought back into the foster system three times. The first one, um, there was a person who thought they could let her run free on a farm and couldn't figure out why she was chasing chickens. <laughs> really um and it was a 10 acre farm and they couldn't find her and she was chasing the chickens and so she's too much too hard to handle so they took her and put her in the foster system then the another one was an older couple that she was a little too much for an older couple to handle they were in their 70s and that was just too much for them mm. and then the last one was a woman who just she ended up getting pregnant with a baby and um knew that Shelby was more than that and then Three months later, my husband and I found her online, and she's been our baby ever since. Oh, she found her forever home. Oh, yeah, she did. She jumped up in the bed the first day. <laughs> she said, this is it. Now, how mm -hmm. did you welcome in the, the second dog? 
The second dog was a friend of my husband's was named to, to place. She's an English bulldog. Her name is Nadia Lee, otherwise known as No No Nadia. <laughs> um, she is just turning. She's getting ready to turn two. So hopefully we get out of the the pterodactyl we or T Rex phase. She's like <laughs> everywhere. Um, but she needed a home because they uh, with. English bulldogs, you shouldn't get them fixed for two years, the females, because mm. it's there's a cancer or the possibility for um, epilepsy if you get them fixed too soon. So we so we brought her in because they were introducing a new male into the system and she was too young to get pregnant at this person's house. They had a male dog that was not a bulldog and they didn't want to breed. So mm. we, we took her in because we have Shelby's obviously a female. So Nadia and Shelby. The first day, Nadia boop noses with her, and Shelby's been her mama ever since. Oh, see? They know mm -hmm. when it's a good vibe. Mm-hmm. So, can you cook? Yes. All right. If you were one of those appliances that you cook with in the kitchen, what appliance would you be? I would be the crock pot. <laughs> <laughs> Why would you be the crock pot? Because I love making everything and anything. And you can pretty much do that in the crock pot. My husband tries to get me to use the crock pot. And I just don't use it like I should. Or maybe I should use it a lot more. Do you like stews and soups? We love stews and we love soups. And it's just it's just easy. But what I find when I cook with the crock pot, like I, I'm trying to make some ham bone soup. And I mm -hmm. got the packet of beans. And I'm really good at cooking. But the beans were different sizes and they did not cook up consistently. And with yeah. the crock pot, you know, you still got to watch that sucker. You have it on for two or three hours and then you put the vegetables in. They say you put everything in at once. You'll have a, a mess. You got to know how to cook with a crock pot. Yeah, that's true. And I just have used it so often because we work from home. So we have the opportunity to go do what, you know, you go in, set the alarm, you go in two hours later and put in the quinoa or whatever you're going to add in. Cause you don't want to put your starches in too soon. Ooh, Cause that is the mess. Yeah, it becomes porridge and not. Okay. Well, I want to be the air fryer. Ooh, <laughs> I thought about that was actually what I had weighed the option. Yeah, the air, that air fryer, I bought a, a new stove and the stove okay. has an air fryer in it. And let me tell you, we cook some chicken. I'm about to cook some pork chops in that sucker and with some sweet potato fries. Oh yes, I'm ready to do it now. So that's good. Are the dogs and I invited? We can be there in 23 hours. <laughs> Come on over. Uh, uh, you know, it's going to take you a little bit longer because I want you to skate. <laughs> <laughs> If you were a flower in the garden, what flower would you be, Miss Lisa? A rose. A rose, why? Because I'm sweet and kind, but I'm a little thorny too. Ooh, I like that. I would be a tulip. Ooh. Because they grow up straight, they bloom, mm -hmm. but then they get wild. <laughs> That's me. I like that. That's a good one. If you were an animal, what animal would you be? A bulldog. A bulldog okay typically i would say a rhinoceros because that is i am i'm fascinated by them and when i went to south africa we got to go to the safari and see mm -hmm. rhinoceros in the wild i bet i love hippos but i didn't realize how dangerous hippos were yeah they're dangerous yeah i'd be a party animal righteous <laughs> i love it 
What is your superpower, Lisa? Um, hmm. Being authentically me. Mm. Okay. I don't put on airs. I don't do anything. I am me. And I encourage others to do that the same. I don't want, I want to know the real you. I want to know the, the heart of who you are. I don't need to know the facade. Right. I need to know the structure. As, as my daughter say, I don't want all that extra. <laughs> if you could time travel, past, present, or future, where would you land? Hmm. I would land to actually this past Thanksgiving because my grandfather just passed away and I was able to see him on Thanksgiving. I would have spent more time with him even then. Hmm. Okay. I get it. I, I totally get it. So what is your ideal client? I mean, you know, everybody's not for everybody. You need somebody that's in what kind of headspace in the middle of their journey, at the beginning of their journey, who's the best person that you can pour in this marketing machine to? I love to help veteran businesses, specifically veteran businesses. I'll help any business, obviously. But I want to help someone who has just got it, gotten started and doesn't know what to do next. So they've got their idea. They know who their niche market is. We need to obviously finesse because most of us, our mess is our mission that's when we don't know what we're doing we look back it's either a problem we solve for ourselves or someone in our immediate area that we then develop our our plan for and i need to be able to dig in even deeper and truly figure out their demographic psychographics so we can talk to their client i like that part the beginning the the building the the brand bible the building the the strategy behind it all Strategy is my favorite thing. I like figuring out the nuances to get you to where you need to be. Okay. So the ideal client would be somebody that knows what they want, has the business started, but they need something to help them reach the level they want to get to. All right. So we're going to target uh, those individuals, but also other individuals that can lend, you know, their wisdom to what's going on in the civilian world. Lisa, mm -hmm. thank you so much for being open, honest, transparent, strong, courageous, fearless on them skates. I really appreciate <laughs> that. Cause see, I was a skater, but not roller derby. I was there every Thursday night, ladies backwards. <laughs> that was my thing. We need to get you back on those skates. I we know, I know. Well, you know, I'm 61 and I really don't want to break a bone. And you told me that you were going to send me some information on how I can get some elbow pads and knee pads. Cause I don't want to be mm -hmm. looking all corny. You know, you can't go to the skating ring looking corny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah these days though people because of roller derby and most of the girls learn to skate in derby they're when you get there they're wearing their pads yeah yeah they're doing it all right well thank mm -hmm. you so much for being with us please tell my brains how to get in contact with you i want them to work with you i want them to follow you um i'd love for you to do a blog or maybe write a personal memoir because i'm sure that you really got some stories that you haven't shared i'm actually going to work on a book with a, a friend of mine i haven't gotten to that point yet but I'm all things Debella DeBall Designs, DebellaDeBallDesigns.com or DebellaDeBall.com. And then all of that on social media as well. So if you find, you'll find my face. There's this glorious picture of most of them. Um, April saw it just a few moments ago when we got on. I had my curls. It's a blowout image that I had done a long time ago that I keep because it makes me feel 
cute. Um, so I, 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 you'll find me at Debella DeBall, Designs.com. All right. Well, we're going to try to find the Bella the Ball brains. Um, go in, please, for me. Like, love, share, and subscribe. Go back and listen to other edgy conversations here on The Edge. Uh, we've got veterans. We've got entrepreneurs. We've got coaches. We've got jazz artists. We've got chefs. We've got foster parents for puppies and a whole lot more. Thank you so much again, Lisa, for being here on The Edge. Come back and uh, check me out again soon, okay? All right. All right. Bye, brains. Have a great day. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.